So a few days ago, on the first Seder was Monday night. So Monday morning, I received a phone call from Alan Van Capel, who's the executive director of an organization um, whose board I sit on called Bend the Ark, a Jewish Partnership for Justice. And he said, Rabbi, I want, I want you to immediately after the Chag is over on Thursday morning, I want you to give a Debar Torah via your telephone to the White House. And I said, great, what's it all about? And he said that Cecilia Munez, who's the director of the Domestic Policy Council for the White House, was convening a roundtable of the Jewish community, including all of the members of the Jewish Justice Roundtable, people in the Senate, all the stakeholders who are interested and going to be a force for immigration reform. So Cecilia Munez wanted to convene the Jews to find out how much support President Obama can rely upon the Jews for this new immigration reform, for the bill that he is hoping to bring to the Senate next month. And so Alan Van Capel said, can you give a drosh all about Passover? And I said, sure I can. How much time do I have? He said, three minutes. So on Thursday morning, our time, I got on the phone, and Alan Van Capel opened it up by talking about the fact that he lives on Delancey Street, four blocks from where his great-grandmother emigrated to from Ellis Island. So he's a fourth-generation American. And I said, well, I too am a fourth-generation American, but how many people in this country have been here for four generations? And he responded before I started with the drash by saying that he was uh, just at, at Rhoda Shalom in New York City. And they handed out a piece of paper to talk about the, um, the origins of the Haggadah and of Passover and of the story. And he said it was fascinating because the question was, um, when did the Mayflower come to the United States? And everybody in the crowd during that Shabbos could tell you when the Mayflower came over to the United States. But then the question was, what was the name of the captain? How many people were on that ship? And what did they eat? He said, that was only 350 years ago, but if you ask the Jews about 3,000 years ago, they could tell you exactly who the captain was, his name was Moses, as we were going from slavery to freedom. How many people were there? Well, the Torah says two million. We weren't great at math at that point. I don't believe there were two million. There were a lot of Jews. And finally, what did they eat? Matzah. And that's the story that has followed us through 3,000 years ago when we were first strangers in a strange land. And President Obama two days ago said that he is very optimistic that the group of eight, which is a bipartisan group of Congress people, are going to bring this very important legislation forward in the form of a bill for immigration reform. And he is committed to it. And he has said that if the bill isn't brought forward in the next month, it is possible that he will bring it forward himself. So. When I think about the 3,000 years ago that we are recalling every single year, and that's what I spoke about with Cecilia Munoz and to the White House and to the stakeholders who are interested in pushing forward immigra immigration reform, I was thinking not only of 3,000 years ago when we were treated poorly and we were enslaved, but I was thinking of the fact that during the Passover Seder, we read from a very important section in Exodus, chapter 23. And it is the mitzvah that is mentioned over and over and over again in our text. You shall not oppress the stranger, for you know the soul of the stranger, because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And so we look back to 3,000 years ago in order to come forward and remember our own immigrant experience. So how many people 
were born in this country. All right? And how many people's grandparents were born somewhere else? Okay. So it was very interesting because when we had the Passover Seder here, the Congregational Seder, and one of the fill in the blanks was, my grandmother was born in. When I was a kid, if you had asked a whole bunch of children in the 60s where their grandparents had been born, you would get Russia, Poland, Germany, Austria, for the Western Ashkenazim. And most of these kids, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Florida, Chicago. So many of the children today aren't that aware of the immigrant experience, but they should be. How many people are undocumented immigrants in this country today? What do you think? 11, did you count them? Thank you, Herb, on the dot. 11 million undocumented immigrants live in this country today. And it was very interesting because one of the points that Cecilia Munoz talked about was, um, and it's this intersection during this period of history, because the Supreme Court this week was hearing the arguments against DOMA and Proposition 8. And one of the pieces of legislation that's going to that's go into the Immigration Reform Bill is about LGBT families. Because LGBT families can be married in a variety of other countries, but when they get to the United States, they don't have the same rights as a family, as a married couple or a married couple with children. And so they're very much at risk. So my colleague, Stephanie Colin, who's the rabbi who's the head of um, a wonderful organization called Just Congregations, the Reform Movement's um, outreach and uh, advocacy and community organizing arm, um, wrote in the, um, oh, by the way, she was just announced as one of the um, 15 rabbis to watch by Newsweek's um, Daily Beast. And she's about I don't know, 34 years old, so she's really up and coming. Uh, she wrote this piece um, in the Huffington Post, four questions on immigration reform for things that we need to reflect on this year because of our own experience as immigrants to this country, because everybody here came from somewhere else at some point in their genealogy, and that we are living at a time where if you think about the immigrants that came to this country or in our family, you have to ask yourself, would they be allowed to settle today in this country? It might be a very different picture. So we tell our stories and we discuss, discuss immigration reform this Pesach, and that should be one of the questions on our minds. As Jews, do we have a responsibility to push legislation forward, to talk about it, to say that immigration reform is still a current Jewish, Jewish issue, even though many of the people who are immigrants, who are undocumented, aren't Jews? There's two ways that we can um, take action. One is that there's um, an organization that's just gathering strength called Reform California. And there are hundreds of rabbis all over California right now joining together to talk about the Trust Act. And the Trust Act is um, a powerful tool for justice that we are hoping that um, Jerry Brown will sign into law and that the California legislature will pass um, into effect. The Trust Act in California is a, is a piece of legislature that basically says that anybody who is an undocumented worker who is the victim of a crime or he or she has um, witnessed a crime that if they go forward to the police, what won't happen is what usually happens, which is that if you're an undocumented immigrant and you go to the police, what happens? You get deported. And so the Trust Act says that if you're a witness to a crime or you are the victim of a crime and you go forward for protection, you are not automatically deported. 
Um, I also wanted to, to highlight that there are three very um, poignant moments in the Seder that reflect on this. One is the Halachma story, Halachma Anya, which talks about this is the bread of affliction. And it's in Aramaic, which was the vernacular during the time that the Haggadah was written. And there's a beautiful poem by Marge Piercy. And it, and it says, Cathay, India, Serbia, golden Medina, leaving bodies by the way. They walked out of Egypt, and they bribed their way out of Russia under loads of straw. So they steamed out of smoking channel houses of Europe on overloaded freighters, forbidden to all ports, out of pain, out of freedom, or into a different painful dignity, into squalor, and sometimes politics. Those are the things that at times have awaited immigrants. But also, this idea of let all who are hungry in any way, spiritually or physically, come and eat at our table, that we are supposed to still be a nation that's driven by Rahmanis, which means compassion. And so I quote from Emma Lazarus, who says, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon, hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The ref wretched refuse of your teeming shore, send these the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Who is that? Statue of Liberty. Probably many of our family members pass through Ellis Island. How many of your family members pass through? You know somebody or somebody in your family who passed through Ellis Island. It's not so long ago. I went to Ellis Island and I brought my kids and I was actually able to see the manifest from the Wilhelm de Kaiser, which was the boat that brought my family over from um, Kerch on the Black Sea of Russia to Ellis Island. And I saw my great-grandmother and great-grandfather's handwriting and the name of all of my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. I didn't recognize them, though, because they wrote down all of their Russian names. And as soon as they came through this country, they were Americanized. So finally, we think about the fact that we start the first two nights of Pesach, and we read from the Haggadah, and we think about deliverance, we think about redemption, and we think about slavery. And it's all mixed together. And as these eight days pass, we come to the end of the eight-day holiday. And we read a section that's very familiar to all of us from the book of Isaiah. As the last day of Pesach arrives on Tuesday, we read this from the Haftorah. And it is, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard lie down with the kid, the cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion like the ox shall eat straw. It's a redemption, it's a hope, and it's a prophetic vision of Isaiah about a place, a country, where people are not there to devour each other. They're not antagonistic towards the stranger, and they're not vying for control and power. And so when we say each year, people often say, well, we're, we're here, we're in the United States, and we're Jewish, and we're fine being Jewish in the United States. Why at the end of every Seder do you say these words? And what I always t teach is that at the end of every Seder, even though we yearn to be back in Israel in some way, symbolically or as a metaphor, the Jerusalem that we talk about is not the place Jerusalem, it's the mindset. Because in the word Jerusalem is the word shalem, which is also the shorish, the root for shalom, or peace. So every year when we end the Passover Seder, 
and we say this year we should really think about the fact that there are not just a few people yearning to be free, but there are 11 million people in this country who are yearning to be members and to be able to be pr protected because they are productive members already of our country and our society. And I think they deserve to be citizens just like so many of us today. Shabbat Shalom.